0: So, what do you think? You want to draw just one more tile? My name's Jonathan, and this is The Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about games as they'd like to know. This week, we're shining the game's spotlight on a long out of print classic that just got a richly deserved reprint. The game's called Raw. Welcome back to The Snakes Cast, everyone. Joining me this week are Scott Moyle, Ra, and David Kingsmill. Ra. Ha ha ha. The year is 1999. Catan still hasn't exploded into the popular consciousness yet, but it is a big deal for those in the know. The Eurogame revolution is well underway, though, and one of the biggest designers from that era is German mathematics professor Dr. Reiner Knizia. He's the most prolific designer of the time, and Ra is one of his biggest hits so far. That's R.A., the Egyptian god, the sun. Mm-hmm. It's a game about building empires in ancient Egypt and pushing your opponents to spend more than they really should on the things that you all need to score the most points and win. You guys played Ra.
1: For? Oh yes, Raw was one of the games that uh, when I was first getting into this style of games, it was one of the mm. very first things put in front of me.
0: Uh, I have not
2: um, oh, actually um, <laughs> through the magic of recording all my plays on BoardGameGeek. I played <laughs> rather dice game in September 2014. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, that is my only uh, exposure to it thus far. Okay, well. um, I have. I, I know. I know the gist of it, but I've never played it. Never taught it. Certainly don't know enough to teach it right now.
0: So, uh, Raw was kind of a big deal at the time. The idea of, uh, and, and it's even more of a big deal today. I think the fact that it is relatively simple and plays in a relatively short span of time makes it a much better fit for today's, uh, Euro game sort of niche than it did back at the time. Games were getting bigger and more complicated and more intricate then, and that was kind of the appeal. Nowadays, people seem to want shorter playing games. Uh, would, you, are you still using raw as something to bring to tables at the cafe?
1: I find it a very difficult sell at the cafe. Mm. Uh, I enjoy it a lot, but uh, but it's a really tough one uh, because the theme looks really
0: dry. Um, and the theme- building empires in ancient Egypt is dry pharaohs, the life giving banks of the Nile, and- building giant monuments and, it, it looks- and having the the, the the power of the gods on your. That's come on,
1: sure, um, but it it's looks over. like I- one of those like mom's basement games from the nineties.
0: Oh. And, and I, I
1: say this with a lot of love for it, but I, when I show it to people, they often go like, okay, what else you got? Um, the, uh, the board has a lot of uh, extra information on it. There are rows of hieroglyphs that look like game content. So when I unfold the board, people often panic. And I have to say, don't worry, that's art, not words. Um, but they think they're looking at some sort of a like very dense lookup chart. Um, or something, but they, they think that's game content. Wow. So it, it, it I think, presents itself as more uh, complicated than it is.
0: The way I wind up pitching it is that, uh, that it's a game where the scoring system is really complicated and everything else is really simple. Mm. And the reason why it's complicated is to make it so that some of these tiles, which you're collecting, the game's all about collecting these little square tiles with awesome little pictures on them. Um, so it, 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 the, the reason why the score is complicated is to make it so that some of those tiles are going to be really, really attractive to you, mm. and other players won't care about them. Some of the other players are really, really going to want these, and you just won't care about those. you
1: going to try that pitch tonight and force it on
0: somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd recommend you do it with a group of three, if possible. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to talk about how it plays with different numbers of players as, as well. Um so the impre- this is a game that tends to give a bit of an ugly first impression. From, from hearing.
1: That's been my experience. And I say that, like, my recollection when I was, I don't know, 18 or 19 and first played it, I initially looked at it and went, okay, I guess we can try it. And then I still didn't get it for a while. It took me a while to... To appreciate
0: that Are you a game? fan of Egyptian mythology at all because I looked at it and thought, "Oh, that's cool! Look, it's Thoth and there's Bast." And yeah, I mean,
1: we're, and we're sitting in your apartment with like you know cat guys in in little necklaces and stuff. Uh, Ooh, well, and this this clicks for you in a way that didn't click for me. Yeah, I uh, I look yeah. at it and go, "Oh yeah, the alligator guy." I get plus two to alligator guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, or whatever. That's just that's that's completely off my radar and always has been, and that might
0: contribute. It could to... be. I mean, not, not everybody wants to build pyramids and sphinxes and stuff, but uh... yeah,
2: I like I like the concept of the theme. I think I'm more drawn towards Norse mythology myself. Mm. Um, just I, it's the one I know the most about. But I used to enjoy Egyptian mythology when I was younger, and I must admit this is a game that it appeals to me uh, from the artwork on the box. More right. than it does from the artwork inside it. Um, I did have. I helped a, a family. A mother and son uh, came in on a Sunday morning once, and were. They said to me, "Can you help us with this?" And the son, I think, was about thirteen, fourteen. Uh, really liked fight. Egyptian stuff, and I was like, "I'm sorry, I can't, but I will." interpret as best I can if there's specific rules I, but I can't teach it to you because I don't know it uh, and I was the only guru on stuff at that point and to their credit they got through it and they played a game and uh, you know said they'd come back and try it again I don't think it was the best experience for them that time but I think it exceeded potential
0: yeah once once you've got the scoring down the game's pretty simple mm. the uh, it has a pretty old school rule
2: book
1: right? that is true the as rule well. book's pretty impenetrable um,
2: it's there's a, that seems to be a thing there's definitely been a couple of games I've taught myself recently where I've kind of gone, ooh, I'm not sure about this, and I've put off teaching it to myself, and then by the time I've finished turn three, I'm like, oh, it's just that. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's frustrating, I think, when you get something that's,
0: that presents itself. So Let's get into the nuts different. and bolts of what's actually in the game then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the game is on the table. We've established we've got a board with lots of hieroglyphy looking things on it. Uh, what else have we got?
1: Uh, there is a sack of uh, little square tiles. Uh, there is a nifty little figurine of Ra himself. So cool! It's a it's a good Raw, um, <laughs> and uh, or you know, bird guy with with sun hat if you like. Um, <laughs> the, if you're ignorant like me, um, and uh, there's a uh, there's a track that will fill with Raw tiles. Uh, that's sort of the timer on the the round. Mm-hmm. Um, And there's a a
0: row of prizes
1: that people... Uh, Right, the prize tiles that get laid out. Uh,
0: On top of that, each player's got a couple of hidden tokens to keep track of how many points they've got. You don't know how many points the other players have, but you do know your own. And each player has... uh, Yes, the sun tiles. Three or four bright wooden suns with numbers on them, between 1 and 13 or 1 and 16, depending on how many players you've got. And there's one sun token in the middle. So, here is how you're going to play this game. Here's the rules. On your turn... Either you reach into the bag, pull out a tile, and put it on the row of prizes, or you invoke Ra. Take that little Ra token, put it in front of you, and everybody gets to put one of their suns towards the middle. Whoever puts out the biggest one grabs everything from the middle of the board. That's basically the rule's explanation. There's more to it than that, of course. Uh, One of my favorite things about it is that the sun tile that you just won with, that's going in the middle now, and you're taking the one from the middle. And it's turning face down. You can't use it now. Mm. Once you've used them all, you're done. Once everybody's used them all, we do a scoring round. Do that three times, game's over, most points wins. See, -hmm. if
2: you're using your 16 or your 13, you're giving something really powerful away to everybody else. Yes. Uh Well,
0: not necessarily to everybody else, because you might win it it yourself. As a matter of fact, you can bid, you can invoke raw, even when there aren't any prizes on the board, just because you want to use your cheapest one to get the best one.
2: Right. And yeah,
1: it's, it's a good game to think about situational ba- value being a very flexible thing.
0: Right. There's that scoring system again. The fact that every tile is going to mean something different to each player mm-hmm. is a huge deal. And because each player only gets one bid, you got to make it count. Mm-hmm.
1: It's it's yeah, it's a great little combination of a press your luck game and a an auction game with. That doesn't get into sort of you know rounds and rounds of bullying because it really is just one tile. I dare you, what you got? Yeah, it's it's very concise.
0: If you go in, you bid your four. It's like, all right, you're gonna let me have it for four, or are you gonna go higher than that? Mm. And uh, the question of stopping somebody from getting the stuff that they need is just as important as making sure that you get what you need. Interesting. And here's the other thing: if everybody else has used up all of their sons and you're the only one left. You can just play and play and play and play and play to your heart's content. Fill the whole thing up with prizes and just use your get cheapest it for nothing. Son, get them all. Except. Except. That timer that Scott mentioned, there's a lot of tiles that just have a picture of Ra on them in that bag. And every time you bring one of them out, you have to invoke Ra. And after a certain number of them have come out, you're done.
1: Right. Immediately. Which and means there's no option. all the tiles option. in the prize row go away. Oh, so
0: <laughs> this,
1: Your greed can really screw
0: you. There's it's this collection cool. that comes up when you're the last person in the round, and you're just playing by yourself. The other players will start chanting rah rah, rah, <laughs> rah,
2: rah, rah, rah. <laughs>
0: because they want to make sure that you don't get anything. And so, okay, come on, just one more, yeah. just one more. You know you want to.
2: We were playing in Gold the other night, and it's reminding me of that very It much. is exactly oh, last, that, that last kind last of aggressive it roleing. Yeah. It's lovely. Oh, that's fun.
0: <laughs> it's really wonderful. And, uh, and the way these tiles score is unique and different as well. You've got these pharaoh tiles, where if you've got more than anybody else, you get a huge bonus. If you've got less than anybody else, you get a penalty. And if there's ever a tie, all the tied players get the full bonus or penalty, so everybody cares about these things. Mm. And they carry on from one round to the next. You've got uh, Nile tiles, you know, mm. which represent having lots of food and lots of people. Those are great. They get one point each, as long as at least one of them shows the Nile and Flood. If you have like a whole bunch of regular Nile tiles and no floods, you get nothing. they do not score nothing.
1: And interestingly, you keep your Nile tiles into the next round, but you ditch your floods. Yep, because each round is like a thousand years. You still own the real estate in your in your family
0: of pharaohs. But maybe the but it weather's flooded not good lately. Anymore.
2: Oh, that's interesting. So it's like nice that. on
0: theme. Yeah. And of course, you're building monuments. You know, you're building ziggurats and sphinxes and pyramids and colonnades and obelisks and all this other great stuff. Those give you huge scores at the end of the game if you get enough of them. And then, of course, there's the civilization tiles everybody's favorite. Hmm. You go for a round without getting any of those. You, you get, get punished. You get really punished. Hmm.
1: Interesting. But then the other side of it is that each of the, uh, for each category of thing that can score you points, there's a poisonous tile so yep. there's uh, for pharaohs there's a funeral that cans some pharaohs there's uh, for, for Nile there's, uh, there's drought there's drought That'll throw out some of your Nile tiles, floods Monuments, if they can get them. Earthquakes, yeah,
0: and, uh, no, and sometimes there's, more, there's going to be a poison tile out there. Things. And if you win this, you get them all, including the bad ones, right? Um, right, right. Which is
1: where gods come in. The last type of tile you can get, and they're all they're all individual, unique gods that all work exactly the same way. They're worth a couple of points if you hang on to them, but they exist to allow you to cherry pick one tile you want out of the prize row,
0: ah, uh, or destroy one of those disasters, mm-hmm. right? So Scott, what do you think? Is this a good cafe game?
1: I I like it as a cafe game. I think it's the right weight. I think it's the right teach time. Uh, I just find it a difficult pitch. But I'm going to steal that thing you said: a simple game with a complex scoring system, and it and has see- a reason
0: for being complicated. Yeah. you want stuff, certain stuff, and the other players want other stuff. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna try that because certainly I, I feel like the theme's a little pasted on. Like, it, it, it occurred to me that you could retheme Raw as a trip to the buffet.
0: Eric tells me he wants to retheme it as a game show with fabulous prizes. Right, like A new
1: car. Whatever you want, right? And the... the uh, so, so, yeah, the theme's a little impenetrable, but sort of doesn't matter, and maybe that's part of how I sell it as well. But, yes, it is a good cafe game, and you should come to Snakes and play it and ask David to teach you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. At least not for a... Uh, now uh, you have uh, to learn uh, uh, a little bit. Not, not until you've had the um,
0: chance to sit down and play it. Are you... Are you Now, are you a bit more interested in trying it? Oh, I was never not
2: interested in it, really. It's just some, uh, you know, while I say the the cover was interesting artwork-wise, but the inside wasn't, that doesn't mean I wasn't interested in the game. It's just, it's one of those things where there is a bit of a dichotomy between the two. But um, help me understand from a logic perspective, because as a Civilization game player, it's actually, there's not many that I've played. Um, But I'm hearing corollaries, at least in terms of the choices and what you're trying to achieve, Uh, with the scoring system of something like uh, Through the Ages, or more more specifically with what I'm used to, which would be Roll Through the Ages, Mm -hmm. where it's that mindset of I need to get food to feed my people but I need the people to build the stuff and I need the, the goods to it's get It's the... more like set collecting. Yeah, right. You're not it, really building like, an engine. So, something more like Sushi right. Go. Right, okay. Something more
0: like Sushi Go or Seven Wonders another light civilization building. Game.
2: Okay, fair enough, um, fair enough.
0: You collect cards that are good for different reasons. I'm sort of trying to
2: find that comparison for the as the way in because that's another thing is, is you know uh, I find a lot of people say to me I like such and such a game and I never know whether to suggest Ra off the top of it.
0: Colorado uh, meets Sushi Go in a more Heavy euro-ish okay. sort of package seems that to makes work. a great deal of You're stuff. looking at about forty-five minutes for this thing, probably. Right.
1: Or alternately if you want to think of it as it's a press-your-luck game with an actual game attached,
0: like, right? That works too. Cool. Now, uh, you mentioned the cover art. Yes. Uh, let's talk about the reprint of Ra. You guys have had a chance to see the art and the new design of this game, indeed. Do you think that's going to make it any easier to pitch?
1: I think it might. Uh, it looks it looks more like games look like now. Yes, it's uh, it's it, the original has sort of this flat, sort of painted on a wall kind of aesthetic to it, which fair enough if it it's the, the yeah. ancient Egyptian thing, but the, the new version is has, has depth and it has texture. and It
2: looks like it's more
0: engraven in stone. It's, yeah, it's so and it's say.
2: it's lovely. It's really cool. It's kind of moved on with the technology that we've now got to produce better It's true. Things. The yeah, it's pr- not printing the, presses
0: are nicer now. So. Yeah, it's not the
2: beige board and the gray manual. It's now the... which it, It's an exaggeration, but I'm going back to sort of the older games. It's right. moved up to the full color thing. But well, the, the other thing that we were saying, though, is it might also make it slightly trickier... Once you get into it, just because of some of the stuff looking less distinct than it did in the older version.
0: It's true. I think the new one, although the new civilization tiles make it, uh, they're, they're pretty, but it's harder to tell apart you know, astronomy from agriculture, from painting, from religion.
2: Now, here's um, my question to that, though. Is, is that because we've all seen the original version? Possible. Now, you're, you're then talking about two sets of gamers. You're talking about pitching it to someone that knows the old board, and you're talking pitching it to someone who's never seen it before. But it might make it easier to sell to somebody new.
0: Quite possibly. Uh, I, I know that somebody who's new wouldn't miss the wooden pieces the way I do. Mm-hmm. Like the new plastic raw figure instead of the wood one, the, the new pl- uh, uh, cardstock suns instead of the wood ones from the original. I'm, I'm going to miss those, I know that. Mm-hmm. But somebody who's never had them will miss them.
1: That's true. I think I can... Plastic raw is cool, because it looks like a really cool miniature. It um, kind of
0: is, but was, it was, it's not blue and gold. The, like the Lapis slab Mizzouli of wood like is that.
1: really nice, no argument. But the, the little 3D raw statue is cool. Um, the uh, But there is something really satisfying about the, way, uh, about the way the wooden sun tiles sort of click down on the yeah, table. Yeah, you
0: slap them down. And similarly, the way you put down that raw token, because... That thing is there for a reason. It's not just so you can remember who bids last, which is useful. I mean, if you invoke raw, you get the last bid, which is a nice advantage. But um, here's the other thing, though it's super easy to forget whose turn it was.
1: Yeah, when and you get back to it after the auction.
0: Which is why you have that figure. Because that figure's there, because it's put in front of you and say raw. When you start an auction, you never forget whose turn it was because the bloody raw thing is right there in front of them. Mm-hmm. That's good component design. It is. And uh, it's still good in plastic. Something else I want to mention. I really like to bring out raw for groups of three players. Right. Because good three-player games are not that easy to find. And you play with four or five players. Each player gets three suns. So each mm-hmm. round, you're going to be able to get three hulls. You do less. With three players, you get four each epoch, And that slight change gives you more flexibility in terms of how many things you can go for. Not how many things you can go for, but how many things you can push for and kind of nudge the other players into overbidding for. It. The
1: rounds are also shorter, the the yeah. raw timer track doesn't uh, take
0: as many raw tiles to make it come to an end.
1: So it yeah, it, it just you, you got to get it done, but
2: you've got more money to toss around. So that's interesting. The it's, knife edge
0: is more precarious.
2: It's intriguing with games that are balanced that way where they know there's a certain balance for for an odd number of people. Um it's a totally different game, but I've been playing The Hanging Gardens a lot recently. Mhm. And you play with three players in that, and all of a sudden, the first person to go each turn has one less card to choose from. And mm-hmm. it's subtle differences like that can really... So it sounds like with this, it's, it's, it's a bit more of a substantial difference than Still it is. Still
0: very good with four or five players, but sure. I think there's something special and magical about having that fourth piece that right. you can Right. Interesting. Alright, that's all for this week. If there's a game you'd like to see in the game spotlight, tweet it to us at SnakesCast or post it on the Snakes and Lattes Facebook page. David, Scott, thanks for being here. Thank Thank you. you. SnakesCast is produced by P.T. Douglas Music is provided by Ben Sound. Opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it, not the company behind it. Thanks for listening everyone. Game on.